You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, welcome to Culturally Determined on Blogging Heads TV. Uh, I'm your host, R.A. Cohen-Wade, and my guest today is Alana Mae Johnson. Uh, Alana, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm a librarian in Los Angeles. I'm a Britney fan. That's about it. I'm here to talk about Britney today. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Uh, and yeah, so our topic today is going to be Britney Spears. And so there's this documentary that the New York Times produced with Hulu or it airs on Hulu. I think you can also get it if you're a New York Times subscriber and are not a Hulu subscriber. It's called Framing Britney Spears. Is that, is that the right title? Yeah. And, um, and so I, it was getting, you know, some buzz online. And so I watched it and thought it was really interesting. And I reached out to you because I know that you are someone who's interested in Britney Spears and always follows Britney Spears. And, I, and some of your posts um, over the past couple of years sort of like alerted me to what Britney was up to now. And because you will screen cap her Instagram and stuff like that. Um, you didn't mention how we know each other. Right. So we know each other through Twitter. And you, yeah. um, you are very, you're one of my favorite accounts on Twitter. Like you, I think you are Thank sort you. of a master of the, of the, of the medium. Um <laughs> And so, so what is, so if anyone wants to follow you with it, I think they should. What's your, what's your Twitter handle? It's my full name, Alana Mae Johnson. And, and we'll link to, the, to that below. Um, and yeah, so, um, so, well, thank you for coming on. And, you know, usually we have, uh, I have on this podcast, like writers or journalists or academics or something. Yeah. <laughs> And you're and you're me. you're closer to a, a normal person. Random Twitter friends. Yeah, but but you are. I mean, well, you write on Twitter, and you're very good at Twitter, and you're you know a lot about Britney, or at least as you said, you as you said in the in the pre-show chat, you're not like an expert on all the de- details of her life, but um, you do follow her. And okay, so how um, so well, let's just talk at the beginning about this documentary as just like a piece of you know, reporting or something or filmed entertainment or something. Um, what did you think of it? Would you recommend it to people who are not super yeah, into Britney Spears? It was, good. it was a good, um, good introduction overview of the conservatorship, which is, you know, I think that's the main thrust of the documentary. Um, it's just bringing awareness to the fact that she's been under the conservatorship for 13 years and has, there's no end in sight at the moment. They're very hard to get out of. Um, yeah. Um, so you would, so, so, okay. So the, the, the story is basically, you know, a, a capsule and it's, it's pretty short actually, you know, I feel like you could, you could do like a 10 part miniseries on Britney Spears. Oh and, yeah. And this is thing. like 75 it's, minutes. Yeah. It's very short. So it like, leaves a lot out. Exactly. And it, to me, it's been, I mean, it was like media navel gazing, like, oh, what did we look at what we did? Look at the media, you know, and it's like, that's fine. I could have done with like less of that and a little more straightforward of the current situation. But it makes sense for someone who's like, like you, who doesn't really follow Brittany at all, but you learned something from it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, so the documentary, you know, does... It like follows her life as a child star and she was on the Mickey Mouse Club and, you know, sort of her ascent and then, you know, becoming uh, super famous and a global pop star icon and then 
all the sort of crazy tabloid stuff that happened afterwards. And yeah, like I said, they leave a lot of stuff out. I mean, they maybe for rights reasons, they don't have very much of our actual music and mm-hmm. they don't have just a lot of other like uh, cultural things. You did like all the VMA performances, uh, kissing Madonna, the thing with the Python and just other like iconic moments that she was involved in. And it's, so it's more, yeah. So they, like I said, you could really, there's enough material there for, a, yeah. a lot more stuff. But there's so they, a ton. I mean, there's a lot of people in her life that it let out to, or that it left out. Um, managers, different managers that have kind of been screwing her over for years. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah. Overall, yeah, it's not bad. Everybody hates Justin Timberlake a little more now. That's good. <laughs> right. So, okay, so, I mean... One of the things that's interesting about it, and maybe you were saying it's sort of the, there's some sort of like media navel gazing and a lot of like, like mea culpa kind of stuff is like, you know, they show stuff that happened, you know, uh, <laughs> that was like aired on, you know, TV and uh, questions she was asked in interviews and oh, stuff. Yeah. And, th- you know, these are from like 2003 or 2006 or something. And it's, it's just really amazing that like, this happened and no one objected, you know, in a public way. I mean, this was like pre-social media, but basically they, like, everyone treats her publicly uh, very, very poorly. And, yeah, it was very normal. And that that was basically accepted as fine. And um, so they show these clips of, like, there's one with Matt Lauer uh, interviewing her and he's, has, he's, like, wearing, like, sock, uh, no socks and, uh, like, slip-on <laughs> Shoes and like jeans is kind of a casual look for him, and of course he later became disgraced. I didn't that. <laughs> um, and yeah, what I can't remember what he you know he's asking her about uh, maybe her kids or something, but you know she, so she got very famous very quickly and then became this object of like tabloid um, obsession, and and then she kind of also became sort of a crazy like. Like, she was a central figure in, like, this crazy moral drama, morality play kind of thing that was going on in the late 90s and early 2000s. And there's this crazy part where they they play a clip from, like, the uh, first lady of the state of Maryland or something saying she if she could shoot one person, it would be Britney Spears. Oh, and, right, like, yeah. they're playing that clip to Britney in an interview, and Britney's just like, that's horrible. And, and yeah. it's just like, so there's all sorts of crazy stuff that is, like, you just can't believe they got away with, or there was no back like pro Britney backlash and it was just accepted as as normal I mean I feel like that style of interview in general used to be more popular than it is now mm-hmm. like I really let's try and make this person cry but Britney definitely had it very bad in that department like interviewers were not nice to her at all like and yeah everybody asking her if she's a virgin and like it's just bizarre. I mean, can, I just can't imagine like being in my late teens or early twenties and still having to have this like feigned Disney-ish like, oh, I'm a wholesome virgin, while you're also doing like, oops, I did it again, which is like hypersexual. Right. And, and so part of her, I mean, part of her, the initial like image she projected was, yeah, it, oops, I did it again. This so was like sexy schoolgirl. So she was ob- obviously she or the people who you know, sort of like package her, we're playing with this, like, she looks like the all-American girl, but also, you know, maybe she likes sex or something. And that, like, titillation was part of the initial appeal. Um, but yeah, it's just, like, no one 
seemingly no one in the media was like treating her like a human being. And it's just so there's this um podcast that's called You're Wrong About that um I've had uh, one of the one of the hosts uh, Sarah Marshall has been on this program a couple times, but kind of the uh, one of the main things the show does is it, it takes a news story from like the seventies, eighties, nineties, early aughts, and kind of debunks the cultural uh, memory of of what really happened. And a lot of them, a lot of the stories they focus on are sort of like women, young women who became some sort of totemic icon of something or other in the culture and the way they like the media and the culture treated them horribly. And so like Monica Lewinsky, Tanya Harding, um, other, you know, other people like this who it was just like, I don't know. It just happened over and over again that the storyline played out where there'd be some woman who was just like, everyone thought she was great one moment and then or ever, and then everyone turned on her and treated her like shit. Yeah. I mean, I've listened, I've listened to that podcast a bit. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like with, I was just thinking of the OJ Simpson. They've done a million OJ Simpson episodes. I don't know how many they've done. They just did another one, I think. Um, but yeah, people like Paul Barbieri or whatever, like at reevaluating how they were treated. It's, yeah, that's what they're doing. Right. So I think it's it's interesting that this is happening, and I I sort of this seems like the biggest like version. Since this is the New York Times is doing it, the biggest version was like. Oh, we're sort of like owning up to, or you know, the people who like lead the culture are sort of owning up to how poorly they treated some individual person twenty mm-hmm. or so years ago. And, and and so you also so you see all these interviews with her, and then another thing you see is, uh, is the uh, the way the paparazzi treated her, and it's truly insane. Like um, it's so insane. And so yeah, so it's like I don't know, like twenty five or so like men with cameras with flashbulbs are like surrounding her whenever she's walking like from her car to some other place. Starbucks. She's just trying to get Starbucks. Right. And so it's totally insane that that happened. It's crazy that there was like the financial incentive on the part of like tabloid or us weekly kind of magazines to, to do that. And then like when you see that happening over and over, you'd be like, Oh, this would drive anyone to like, Oh, yeah. Something like to act out in some way or like to just I mean, just having like lights flashed in your eyes over and over and over again would make you like angry or freaked out or confused or something. Um, just the thought of fame alone, like I would have. A, I mean, I've had total mental breakdowns just <laughs> in my regular life. I can't imagine if I was famous. I mean, it would be like I, I just can't imagine being under a microscope like that. Yeah, so. One of the things that um, that part made me, th- and so they they interview some people. Who, they interview at least one guy who was a paparazzi or paparazzo or whatever. Oh yeah, that guy. And he is um, not. <laughs> I mean, maybe you expect him to be contrite or something, but he's not super contrite. And I, yeah, I don't expect any paparazzi to ever be contrite. <laughs> right, and so, but he's. I, I mean, so he was involved with one of the, like, you know, like, the blow-ups that she, or supposed blow-ups that she had. The umbrella. Well, yeah. With the, the umbrella, umbrella, right. And, and so, yeah, and so that was kind of, like, the last thing I sort of, like, remember hearing about Britney Spears for a long time was, like, the umbrella thing. And since I wasn't mm-hmm. paying attention to pop music at that time, 
uh, like that, she sort of like receded in my memory after that, and then that was kind of the last thing we heard about. But okay, so, but 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 before that, she what's the order between the umbrella incident and then the when she shaved her head? Uh, the, she had shaved her head before the umbrella incident. Okay, so so both of those at the time were treated as like you know, front page news, like literally depending on the outlet yeah. or like leading like the eight o'clock hour on the Today Show or something. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, Britney Spears breakdown, like here's the latest thing. And yeah. and the, the way they're presented, well, how did you think of the way that, that the, the documentary presented it? Presented? The, like the, the her shaving her head and, and the umbrella thing. I thought it was, I thought they did a pretty good job um, showing what led up to that and you know they were respectful of her they weren't like making fun of her during that which is the go-to thing to do is like you know if Britney Spears can survive 2007 you can do anything whatever (laughs) you know right (laughs) yeah I think that was fine yeah I mean I think the like the the head shaving thing which I you know, remember happening and was sort of like a big cultural moment, even though it was just like it was huge. Yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, they basically—that's that, why she's in a conservatorship, right? Is... But the way they portray it is kind of like she, you know, saw that as like her way to like take control of her body, or yeah, or sort of be like I'm doing something that will indicate that like I'm done with this game where I'm like the you know sexy um, center of of media attention, and so. But in the way it was like, at least I took it at the time from just like late night jokes and stuff. It was like, oh, she's like gone insane and she's cuckoo. And, you know, she's just, you know, <laughs> acting nonsensically. But they, you know, the way it's portrayed now, it's like, it makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, at, at the time, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, to, <laughs> you know, because like I said, like, I mean, I feel like I would totally snap if I was. Famous. I can't imagine being hounded by paparazzi like that. Like, how could anyone not totally lose their minds? Like, I mean, paparazzi are still terrible, but it's not like back then, like with Lindsay and Brittany and Paris, like just the swarms that would follow them. It's just insane. I think Brittany was the worst out of those people, but mm-hmm. I mean, just can't do anything. Right. So one of the things I was thinking about as I was watching this was kind of like Brittany being the last, or at least one of the last of sort of like the pre pre internet era, like huge stars. And, you know, so like, I don't, you know, it seems like paparazzi, they still exist, but it's, it's somewhat different now because everyone has a camera in their pocket all the time. And if you maybe see like, so there was this like thing over the, past year about like Ben Affleck and his girlfriend his name oh, was yeah. Ana de Armas or something like that and he <laughs> would be going to like pick up Dunkin Donuts every day and so there, there were paparazzi like or people or something stake out there but you know the, the reason the paparazzi were hounding Britney is because they could sell the photo to Us Weekly for $100,000 or something but now anyone can take a picture of, of any celebrity and then, then they just post it online and they don't get paid for it all they just get like retweets or something so it <laughs> seems like the the but maybe you know about, more about this than me. Is like that sort of culture still exists, or has the technology change made it so that no one mm-hmm. would really care about this anymore? I mean, there's still 
I mean, you, I know you read the Daily Mail too. There's still <laughs> plenty of like, <laughs> right. I mean, I think there's just as much interest in celebrity, but yeah, the paparazzi have toned it down. But I, I mean, they're used really often, like, like they call the paparazzi, you know, they'll be like, follow me to this place, whatever. Okay, right. so, because they have something to promote or whatever. They want to get something else out of the news or, um, I think that's a lot more of it now. Or right. I so mean, maybe that's just as much back then, but I don't know. Right. I mean, so yeah, I mean, there, there probably always was some sort of like behind the scenes agreement between the, the paparazzi people and the celebrities will be like, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll let you take these pictures and then you leave us alone. But it seemed like somehow that, agreement broke down where they were just you know like 30 people photographing her anytime she left her house or whatever um yeah but then another thing that i thought about is like she you know the the reality tv era also started like very quickly after britney became famous no britney had her oh yeah well was, yeah well she, she was she had that show which it was she had a show britney and kevin chaotic right yeah but okay so the show she well the Mickey Mouse Club was not reality, but like, you know, the people, the people who became like, hu like huge stars or at least this type of star who's on the cover of Us Weekly or something, they, they start being more like people who were the Bachelor the Bachelorette or something like that or someone like Donald Trump who was a reality TV star and those people want like the attention and, and so who is like, who is the most famous woman in the world today? Like maybe it's Kim Kardashian. And like her fame grew out of a reality TV show, and she wants seemingly most most of the attention she gets is like carefully managed and and so forth. And so if she's like, you know, doing, it seems like it's more like a straightforward transactional relationship between like her and the media versus pretty as was more like sort of a you know innocent person or like a lamb who the wolves were attacking. Or that's what it seems like today. Yeah, I mean, I think Brittany has kind of, I mean, she's talked, she's talked about it a lot, but I think she really just kind of wants to be normal, like not have, like she went through so much. I think she just wants to, I mean, she has very limited custody of her children. There's a lot, I mean, she just can't have normal life now, which is what she wants. She could basically just, I mean, we're all stuck in our houses now kind of, but she's like right. really stuck in her house. Right. Um, it certainly doesn't make fame look like something any normal person would want for them or their children, no, especially. That's what I, I never get it. It just sounds horrible to me. Right. And, um, and so that's, I guess, sort of another aspect of it is, you know, that she was a child star and that her parents worked very hard for her to become a child star. Like her, so her... Her mom did, yeah. yeah so the mom moved with, as, when she was a teen, the mom moved with her to New York City to like take to, like dance and singing classes and stuff. And the father was sort of out of the picture. And then, um, and there was a line that something like a casting agent or something said that the father, his only interest was like, is she going to make me enough money to buy a boat? Uh, mm -hmm. so, so he seems like even, you know, back then, like a totally awful person. And then, um, and then once she, you know, becomes super famous, it's, you know, they, they have this woman who's sort of the main, the person who's like on screen the most to this woman who's sort of like her chaperone, like friend, companion type woman, like a woman who's like, like, yeah, who's like 10 years older than her. 
and yeah. seemed like a genuine friend of hers. And then she's great. Yeah, but all, she's she's very beloved in the Britney fan. Okay, <laughs> so I, I so yeah, so I I didn't know who this person was before. Yeah, and now she seems like she's sort of returned to normal life. But in her home, she has like you know the platinum records and stuff that Britney gave her. Cute. Um, but the yes, yeah, so it's sort of like you know what were the parents thinking? Where were the parents? And then and then the dad eventually swoops back in to become the conservator, which is crazy. And then like, why was the why was the mom not the conservator? Do you know anything about all that stuff? You know, I don't really, I don't know in great detail, not enough to like sit and spout off about it. It's like, um, well, that's I never mean, stopped anyone on this, on this program like before. To, what? That's never stopped anyone on this show before. But Oh, uh, God. Well, it stops me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to go on about something I don't know about. Um yeah, I don't know the exact details of um, how it started out, but yeah. I mean, there's been so many people involved in it over the years. Like I said, it's been 13 years. Um, like her, Jason, like, I don't know if, it, if that was the guy she dated before Sam, who she's with now. I can't remember exactly. But at one point, he was involved in the conservatorship. Like he had control over the money. I mean, it's like just kind of passing through all these different people. Okay. So, so one of the things that seemed, you know, very, so the conservator thing is, it seems like it's usually for someone who is wealthy and elderly and maybe is like losing their faculties. Yeah. That's like the way it's usually applied. Yeah. That's when it's applied. It's like if someone is yeah too old and incapacitated and I mean, it doesn't make any sense that she would be in a, such an extreme legal situation. Like, I mean, I could see if she, in 2008, obviously she was in a horrible place with her mental health, but, um, it, I mean, who else has this happened to? Like no one, <laughs> you know, and we've had plenty of celebrities like lose it in public and they just go on and go about their lives. But right. And so, um, and so, and then another thing that the show indicated was unusual was that there's like the financial conservatorship and then like the person conservatorship or something. And yeah. you, and traditionally that, that would be two different people. Like one person is assigned, like a lawyer or something is assigned to uh, like take care of the person's interest as a person. And then someone else is taking care of the financial aspect. But then in this yeah. case, the father, her father had both of those things. Um, yeah. And did you see this week? It came out that she only has like $60 million. That's her estimated net worth. Yeah. So that seems very low. Seems strange. And where did the money go? Cause she was doing this Las Vegas residency, which is like a way to print money. If you're a, this type I of celebrity. Yeah. So, so where's the money going? And yeah. So that seems super strange that this happened. And so sort of the, the, so framing Britney Spears, the framing device of the, documentary is this free Britney movement that started on social media and um, I guess had a groundswell over the past year. And so part of it was that like, she like, she had kind of like retreated from public life and was unclear, you know, if she was okay or what was happening to her, but then she did have a social media, like just on Instagram and posted social media and possibly is, is like, this gets into a, a little like QAnon territory like maybe she's <laughs> the secret messages that yeah she's, she's putting encoded messages in her 
social media posts to her fans yeah. or something. But then people well, the two women were in the weren't the Britney's Graham hosts. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so tell more about that because I I never heard of that before. Um, I mean, I I actually haven't listened to that podcast, but and I'm not. I mean, I don't really believe that she's sending us hidden messages on her Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, it seems it seems like she's posting them herself, which I mean that alone seems like a level of control that they wouldn't necessarily give up. Like it surprises me that they let her do that because everything like her diet is regulated, like her allowance, like she, she can't drive, like she, you know she has rules and who she can spend time with. Um. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. So then, okay. So then, these two women start a podcast. I guess oh, right, sort right. of as okay. a joke that'd be like each episode was analyzing a Britney Spears Instagram post uh-huh. because they are somewhat unusual, even if you're not thinking there's a secret code like embedded oh, yeah. in it. The wacko. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, so that's how I, you know, was sort of aware of her on Instagram was seeing your when you would repost her stuff, but um. But then I guess it, this podcast like started to think. I guess they helped start the free Britney <laughs> movement of thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, like they're like something more than just like a weird celebrity is, you know, being weird is happening here. Like it, it like it seems like justice <laughs> justice is being denied to this to this woman or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you go and if you're like looking for that, you can certainly find that. I think in her Instagram, but I don't know. I don't really buy into that. <laughs> Um, so do you think she, she, she is just posting in the way that <laughs> straight, so a straightforward way that is still somewhat strange because she's a strange person? I think, I, I think so. I hope, I hope it's her. I hope she's approving it all. I mean, it seems like she's having an okay time these days. She's, she dances every day. She posts videos of it. You know, I don't know if you follow her on it. Do you follow her on Instagram? I don't. Maybe I should. Oh. Um, you should? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and, and so, yeah, one of the things that I guess the, the documentary did highlight somewhat is like her incredible stage presence and like sort of ability, like dancing ability. I mean, well, I don't know how good of a singer she really is, but like, she's certainly a very, very good performer. And... Well, what, I mean, this is a really sad thing. She had a really serious knee injury in 2004 um, I think she injured it on stage once and then she like seriously re-injured it on the side of a music video. Mm-hmm. And since then, like, she's like never been the same at all. Like, it, I mean, she's, I don't know. I have friends who've seen her in Vegas. I actually, I've actually never seen her perform live and I, who knows. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I was planning on going to one of the Vegas residencies that she ended up canceling. I was like, this is what I'm going to go. I'm finally going to make a trip to Vegas and go see Brittany. And then I was like, oh, she's been in a mental hospital for a few months and like she's not doing the residency anymore. And oh, her dad's sick or whatever. But yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. So they, so the documentary did not note that thing that she had this severe injury. That, that limited her ability to perform. And and there's a Slate Culture Gap Fest episode where they talked about this and, and Julia Turner on that show noted that. Um, and, and yeah, and then, yeah, there's this key moment in the documentary where she's supposed to, like, announce a new thing in Las Vegas. Oh. And then 
there's this huge like build up and it's like being screamed on TMZ or something and then she like just walks past it instead of it's wild yeah I I, <laughs> I kind of love it she's just like over it yeah she there's like they, they did a whole like half an hour special for I don't know where they were streaming it but um it was to announce her new residency and yeah she just went up to the stage, walked right off, and walked right out to her car. And she was supposed to do a performance and everything. And there were all these people like, rah, rah, waiting, cheering. Yeah, there's like, there's like a crowd like, of thousands or something like in on a street in Las Vegas with like a huge stage yeah. set up. So obviously, like, they, you know, she, this was her, well, not, maybe not obviously, who knows exactly what she's thinking. It seemed to be that this was like her sort of like one of the few chances where she had some agency and she was like, I'm not going to play your game yeah. or like, da- like literally like dance to your tune. Um, so that that is interesting, and then yeah, they they claimed it was that her father was sick, and that's why they canceled yeah. the thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, so okay, it's very strange. Okay, how would you like? So you mentioned earlier that you're roughly the same age as Brittany and liked her as yeah, I'm like, I'm like a year younger than as her. a teen. Like, how did how do you remember her from that era, and how like what do you think she? I don't know, like, it, she she symbolizes different things based on the different era of Herbo. Like, what what was the attraction in the, in the 90s when you were about um, her age? In the 90s? I mean, the songs were just really good. I mean, they're very good pop songs. That yeah. album was great. And I mean, her, I mean, she's she became huge for a reason. I mean, it was just, like, very universally... I don't know, everybody just kind of like Britney. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what specifically. Um, I guess I liked her because she, I, yeah, I guess I always liked her because she seemed kind of like wild and bad a little bit, but you know, but she's like, she seems like a very nice person and very like, you know, very polite. And I never hear, I've never heard like any stories about her like being super mean to anyone and it's like she's like it's the opposite yeah and when you when we watch the 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 old clips especially one particularly bizarre one that's like a french interviewer who is like it's crazy he's like says something like I, I need to ask you about the thing that we are all thinking about. And it's like dramatic pause, your breasts. And then she just kind of like is like, haha. But like it's just crazy, like her sort of um, you know, that she doesn't like storm off or or that she never sort of breaks the facade or I don't know. It, like basically she was like before the like head shaving and umbrella thing, like abuse is like very professional. Yeah, abuse is like heaped upon her and and all sorts of people, usually like older men, were treating her like shit. And she never like lashed out or walked off the stage or something in that in sort of that early period. Um, so that is pretty remarkable. And I don't know. I mean, it's um, I think it's I, yeah. I think it's it's just sort of like it's interesting today is just like a transitional period in sort of like celebrity. You know, like how do we relate to celebrities and stuff? Um, and how she her her like presentation initially was sort of, like, girl next door, but also sexy, but also, like, you know, great dancer and performer and everything, but also all, Amer- like, all-American girl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was so, and, like, Mickey Mouse, and it was so, like, intensely packaged from the beginning, and then, like, that 
broke down. Whereas, I don't know, like, today, it's like Kim Kardashian is tweeting out, like, everything that's happening in her life, or that, or maybe not Kim Kardashian, because she's so high up, but, I don't know, I feel like an equivalent sort of person just has a very different, like, relationship to to the public um, today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's inevitable because of social media, I guess. First, it's going to change, but... Um, do you, okay, so one other thing, I, I did want to mention, talk just a little more about the dad, who's sort of portrayed as the villain. Jamie, yeah. Yes, and it's, so I was confused initially because her sister is named Jamie Lynn, uh, but her parents are named Jamie, and her father's Jamie, and her mother is Lynn, and then when I saw people online saying, like, fuck Jamie Spears, I was like, <laughs> I thought that was a sister. And, um... And, uh, but yeah, so that's somewhat unusual, but, um... Well, she, did you see her tweet recently about the Teslas? No. Her Tesla? She tweeted it, I think she might have been tweeting at Elon Musk, I don't know, but apparently she's killed three cats. Oh, yes. (laughs) This is, this is the sister, Jamie Lynn, who had a sort of minor pop career based off the celebrity of Britney, and, um... Yeah, but she is pretty much... Um, she's aligned with the dad, I think, as far as like free Britney goes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like her, the mom is on Britney's side, but Jamie Lynn is on the dad's side. From is, that's how it seems, anyway. Right. Um. So part of that remind me of the documentary that's about um. Oh, her name is uh just popped out of my head the the British uh singer who OD'd um. And had that one really successful album that was. Oh, like, Amy Winehouse. Yes, Amy Winehouse. Have you seen that documentary about her? I haven't. Uh, it's very good, and it's, it's it's sad, and even sadder than the the Britney one because she died. Um, but part of it is that like there's also an estranged father who comes back into the picture, uh-huh. um, you know, after her initial success, and then he kind of takes over and he indulges her, you know, bad habits and like d- like turns a blind eye to her drug use and stuff, and it's just like. Yeah, there's something about, and there's I think there's some other some other narrative at some point I heard of this like when a, when the estranged dad comes back to the picture, like that's that's bad news and and yeah and he I mean so none of the 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 parents and Brittany herself and the sister are not you know declined to be interviewed or something so so they don't get to say their side of the story but he really well, says, Felicia's kind of a proxy for uh, Lynn I would say okay. They're st- like they're still close. I mean, and just yeah, her just the fact that she appeared in the documentary, I think, was like it was kind of it was a positive sign. I think. Okay, that's interesting. And was there a brother? There's some other relative who is. Yes, there's like an older. I don't know if he's a half brother. I don't know. Okay, don't know. there's a guy who's a rel- who's another relative who is. Yeah, who's just seems like a dick. I don't really know. Right, and so you get you get this. I mean, in some way, it's sort of like, especially the thing with the with where the dad wanted to all he wanted to do was buy a boat. It's sort of like, I don't know. They are presented as sort of like these like trashy people, and that that was in some way the Britney narrative originally is like, oh, she's just, you know, it's not like Paris Hilton or something who was like refined, no, she's refined like a from the from Louisiana, like you know. right. Yeah, she's from this small town, and th- and then. Yeah, and then, like, everyone, all the hangers-on sort of, like, took advantage of her, including, like, various manager 
type people who did not um, act in her best interests. Um, and it's actually one of the, um, it's kind of weird, but one of the only people who comes out looking good in the documentary is Michael Moore. Did you, do you remember that part? Oh, I don't remember that part. Well, it's like, <laughs> there's like a, there's like, I think it's Larry King. He's on Larry King, uh, rest in peace, Larry King. And for some reason he's there commenting on Britney Spears. And this would have been maybe around the time Fahrenheit 9-11 came out or something. And he's like, says like, can we just leave this woman alone? Yeah. Whereas everyone, like everyone else in the media was just like, saw her as an opportunity to get ratings or advance themselves or. Well, yeah, I remember Chris Crocker and to that, what was that? 2011, I think. Leave Britney alone. (laughs) Yes. Leave Britney alone, which was, was that too? I feel like that was earlier. I feel like that was one of the first sort of things that went viral on YouTube, but maybe. It was early. Um, I mean, that was like 10 years ago already. I don't know. Right, but it might, yeah, it might have been earlier than that. Yeah, and that was also okay. So Chris Crocker turns out to be right that we ever should have left Britney yeah, alone. Yeah, we should have listened to Chris Crocker. Everybody was so mean to him. Yeah, and he ended up like going, like becoming a porn star or something. Yeah, I actually I looked at his Twitter the other day. I think he has an OnlyFans, and he's like also I don't know does porn, but. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, so almost every adult who is portrayed, you know, on camera from the late nineties to like 2010 or so talking about Britney Spears, almost every single one of them, you know, comes off looking very bad, including Justin Timberlake. Do you want to talk Ooh, about Justin? Diane just... Sawyer? Diane Sawyer, very bad. Um, Matt Lauer, these weird foreign press people. Uh, but do you want to talk about, about the Justin Timberlake? Uh, uh angle to this i mean ugh, he's just such a jerk i don't know i mean i never liked justin timberlake even when they were together and supposedly happy or whatever he just always seemed like a total jerk to me um he's good in southland tales i'll say that um <laughs> that's that's all i'll say for justin i mean he's I didn't see that. That's a crazy movie, right? That's one. That's like a bonkers. Yeah, movie. you should watch it. It's really I shouldn't good. see that one. I mean, he's he's good in um in Social Network where he plays the guy who invented Napster. Oh, that's right? true. He's good in Social Network too. So but there's yeah. two movies he's good in. But um, yeah, he definitely comes off poorly, like almost everyone else, except. Well, then he did his notes apology app to Brittany and Janet at the same time. Right, and it is yeah the fact that he was involved in two of these sort of incidents or storylines of the you, you were wrong about sort of thing where the woman was blamed when the vast majority of the blame should have gone to yeah. the men um, is strange. And yeah, but none of the, um, I mean, it's like none of the people, well, I mean, Matt Lauer, maybe aside, um, who was, you know, allegedly a, a rapist um, and oh, a yeah. sexual harasser, yeah. uh, you know, none, none of the people who like did her bad or whatever, suffered the consequences like she you know she suffered the everything um so do you i mean <laughs> the, the stupid question would be like what's next for britney spears um but you think she just wants to be a normal person and be a mother and not be in the in the public eye, i think basically? so i mean she, yeah she, i mean after in 2008, they pretty much, they got her in the conservatorship and they just like shipped her off to work. They put her on tour 
um, released an album, and then it was, I mean, she worked really steadily up until, you know, very recently, with the end of the Vegas residency. Mm-hmm. So that's decades of, like, nonstop, pretty intense work. So, and yeah, I mean, the last I read about it, the custody situation was that KFED has 70% custody and she has 30% custody, but I'm not I'm totally sure about how that works, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Because you used to see her kids on social media and you don't see them anymore. She doesn't post them, so I don't know if she is seeing them or what. But I also, I know that the KFED... I shouldn't say. Kevin so Ke- we, we haven't even mentioned him. So Kevin Federline, the, the father of her children, were they married? No. Oh yes, yes, uh, yeah. Of course they were married. Right. Yeah. And then she wasn't she? Also, what... Did she have like a thirty-six hour marriage? That was like another tabloid. Yeah. Well, sort of that thing. was that was Jason Alexander. That was her first one. She, they got married in Vegas when she was trashed, and he <laughs> was one of the guys who just stormed the Capitol. Really. Yes, he's one that's, of those guys. That's amazing. Wow, what a journey. Okay, this is not Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. This is, it was like a childhood <laughs> friend or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay, the fact, okay, wow, that's, um, <laughs> they should, maybe the next documentary should be on him and his, his journey, uh, through, mm-hmm. you know, the past 20 years. But, um, okay, so then, yeah, Kevin Federline, they have two kids, and then he had total custody at one point after her breakdown, mm-hmm. and he is not interviewed, or really mentioned all the much but you okay so yeah how, i thought that was strange that he's left out of it so much i mean well did, did yeah. you recently rewatch the chaotic uh britney kevin chaotic yeah i watched it a couple months ago actually how, how does that on in 2021 how does that come off i mean all this stuff i mean like what we've been talking about like the revisionism like you're wrong about stuff like it's all stuff that i've I felt like I saw at the time and I saw that it was wrong the way she was being treated and everything. But, and I could see like marrying K-Fed was not going to be a good idea at the time, you know, but yeah. I mean, in the, he just, he does not come off well at all. And she just seems kind of like desperate and super lonely and just like, found this guy who she thought was hot and brought him along on like this world tour um from what i remember um yeah whirlwind romance i think they were dated for like three months or something before they got married Mm -hmm. um does he have any public profile these days um i don't know i think he had yeah, he was trying to have a music career at one point, but that didn't pan out. So I don't know what his right. deal is. Do you, does you think he gets like alimony or something from? I was just thinking about that. He must. I mean, especially if he I, if he if he was taking care of the kids, you know. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Right. So then, so part of another just totally bizarre detail that I think what there's this guy who's was sort of is a lawyer and maybe briefly represented her, but then she didn't. The court didn't give her the power to pick her own representation, or something. Do I have that right? Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, this, so, this, so. so he's one of the talking heads, and um, he notes that like all both sides in this continuing legal battle over the conservatorship are are being paid by the money that Britney Spears gener- generates from her celebrity and and talents. Um, so it's like sort of the um, 
in their interests <laughs> in, in a cynical way to keep this whole thing going and remind me of oh yeah yeah so it's it's just fucked up that one um you know one both sides being paid by the same source and remind me of the um the um uh court case in bleak house uh jardis versus jardis where they um you know this court case is like goes on so long that no one even remembers what it was originally about and and then like in the end like all the money is from the estate is used up and and so everyone like celebrates and they all go home it was yeah it just kind of seemed like everyone was sucking off of the you know the the money and so they all had an interest in um yeah and keep us going gotta get their votes what do what do people speculate on what the judge like why the judge continues to more or less side with the father well i mean i think it's just the simple fact of the conservatorship and i mean we don't know exactly what it is we know a little bit about it but um yeah i mean i assume the judge is just you know going along with what they're supposed to be doing under the terms of the conservancy you know mm-hmm. but this is a very- it's not like the judge is going to be like oh you don't have to do this anymore Brittany. <laughs> you know right well it seemed uh, it was seemed unclear how she could ever exit this because usually it's the it's for an elderly person who will eventually die and then it just becomes a regular estate. Yeah. And that people fight over like that way. Um and not like an ongoing like money is continuing to be made by a, a person continuing to like produce work. Um so yeah, it's, it's super strange. Um does she when did when's the last so she has she only done one album since the conservatorship started or has she continued oh, doing no, this? No, 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 no. She's done a bunch. Oh, okay. I- from two, uh, 13 years, she's had a bunch of albums. Are, how do they compare to the to the early the early stuff? I mean, it's so good. It's all yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I just I don't know. I don't listen to pop music generally, but I just her as like I haven't you know. Like, well, she's just interesting as an American figure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But like nothing. Has she had like a big hit since that, during that time? Um, yeah, she's had hits since then. Okay. I mean, I'm, my brain is mush right now, but <laughs> I know she's, I know. She's, okay, so she keeps on doing original work. I mean, that's interesting, and, um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have to <laughs> check it out. I mean, the, the, I mean, the early stuff, it's like, the, you know, the opening chords of, um, Hit me baby one more time, or is it just called baby one more time, or like parentheses? Oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. Uh, like the opening chords of that are like so iconic. If you grew up in the nineties, um, and yeah, and uh, it's I don't know, <laughs> it's a very strange story. Okay, so if people somehow have listened to all this without having actually watched the, the documentary, uh, I recommend you watch the documentary, even if you <laughs> even if you you don't consider yourself someone who I don't know. This kind of, it's sort of like. There's a sort of a snobby, like, oh, Britney Spears, that was just garbage trash to begin with, but, um, like, it's a super interesting story, and she was such an iconic figure for a number of years, um, that it, that it's, <laughs> I think it's definitely worth checking out, even if you were not, you know, watching TRL in 1997. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting if it was just, like, any famous person who had gone through that, you know? Yeah. But... Um... Were there any major things that you we mentioned some of the stuff like they didn't mention her injury, um, or the some of the iconic 
moments like, but the Python was anything else he thought the documentary should have should have covered that it didn't. I mean, I understand like they. I think it, it was already a bit longer than most New York Times documentary things in that series are. Right. Um, so I understand they could only fit so much in. Um, I think, yeah, I think they did a, they did a good job giving a, the basic overview. Like I said, like there's different people like in and out of her life who've been shady in different ways who they didn't necessarily address. Um, like Lou Taylor was this woman who's like involved with her finances for years. Um, who I think who was involved in the conservatorship, um, up until like last year, I think. Um, I mean, they could have gotten into more, like, a little more detail about the conservatorship, I guess. But I think they did a good job of, like, the overall arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I said, you know, this could be, like, a six or eight or ten part, like, Ken Burns kind of um, <laughs> documentary, like, going much more into all the different work that she did and the, you know, various weird things that happened to her that she did. Um, I think that's, I think that's all. I want to talk about with Brittany. Do you have anything? Do you have any final closing thoughts about Brittany? No, my light got really bad in here because it got uh, dark outside. So I'm sure that's been just lovely to watch. <laughs> it looks it looks fine from from this end. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've I'm it's night here on the east coast. You're on the west coast, so um, it's gotten a lot darker since we started talking. <laughs> right. Um, well, maybe that's a sign as the sun sets that <laughs> I know. Oh God. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have any final thoughts. Um, okay, so free ha- Brittany. Yeah, hashtag free Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, and follow her on Instagram, you recommend. Definitely as- follow her on Instagram. She's great. <laughs> I mean, she's just charming. I think it, I mean, she's great. Um, yeah, I, there's something about, it's weird because it's like a genuine person and then this constructed media image and then she's like seemingly all alone, you know, in a mansion like it's 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 it's, a, it's just it's so strange and she's such a like oh, she has a good boyfriend now like she said historically like we've talked about really really bad taste in men but the right. guy that she's been with now i think it's it's been a few years which is it might be her longest relationship actually sam um but he's very attractive she gets to hang out with him all the time <laughs> um okay that's good um, yeah, and you, after, like, at the end of watching this, you just kind of, like, want to, or I was, I did, um, want to, like, apologize to Brittany for everything she's gone through and, like, wish her well in the future that she just has, like, a happy life after yeah, going I mean, through all this madness. I, like, as someone who likes her music, I would be, I mean, it would be great to have more music or whatever, but I just want her to have the life that she wants, you know? Right. Um. Not, not all the restrictions. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like it should. So, the, I mean, the case the, the documentary makes is that, you know, she should have the conservatorship year should be totally gone or like very different so that she can more or less live as a as a free person. Um, yeah. So I also I, I'll um, join the hashtag uh, free Brit, free <laughs> movement as well. Uh, OK, so a lot of thanks for coming on. Uh, and anything you want to plug <laughs> before we uh, before we wrap <laughs> No, you can just follow me on Twitter. You can join my book subscription. Oh yeah, talk talk about that because that that's very interesting. 
Um, so I, I guess this is month, month four we're in right now with my book subscription. Um, I don't know. It's just, it just occurred to me and I was like, oh, maybe I could just send out a book a month to some friends and see who wants to sign up. And so I just started my little subscription service. So I pick out, um, six months worth of books at a time. And I, there's my first choice and then there's one or two alternates each month. If you've read the first choice where you just don't want that. Um, and yeah, I have like, I don't know, I've got a nice little group of 35 people that are all from Twitter. Um, and we've got a group chat and <laughs> yeah, it's just a nice little fun thing. Um, but yeah, I'm doing signups for the next six months, uh, next month. So Cool. And you got, you got written ups somewhere like recently that, or what, who, or someone endorsed, some, someone endorsed you. What, what was it that happened recently? New York Review of Books retweeted it. And right. Lauren Euler. Lauren Euler, previous guest on the I show. I normally I delete all my tweets after a week, but like with that, like that one tweet where I announced like the next subscription, I like got all this, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> now I can't delete stuff. I want to leave this up for a while. Um, well, no, it's cool. It's, I congratulate you on it. It's a, it's, a, it's an idea I'd never even heard of before. And I, if I, if like my brain had been broken in various ways and I could read, <laughs> read, continue to like read new books uh, and didn't have all these books that I bought over the years that I haven't read yet, um, I would probably join as well. Um, uh, yeah, so it's a cool project. And okay, so you're on Twitter. The link will be on the blogging site to your Twitter. And my... I'm better on Twitter than I am in this video. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll agree with that because like I said, you're one of my favorite people on Twitter. And um... <laughs> you're like, I'll agree with that. You're awful. <laughs> uh, you're not awful um, uh, by a long shot. Um, but I appreciate you coming on and like, you know, as a uh, <laughs> representing um, the, uh, the Britney fandom, so thanks for thanks for coming out, Alana, and um, and thanks to all of our viewers and listeners, and we'll uh, we'll see you again next time.